0: We all have we all have quick wins in our business, you know. Maybe that's getting back to people that we haven't gotten back to that we you know stalled out on for a little bit. Maybe that's uh, you know putting that sign in our yard, or maybe that is asking for referrals. There's always some low hanging fruit that we can that we can take off our plate, and that will help us to to grow.
1: That was Khalil. This is the Push Through Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Push-Through Podcast, where each week we tackle some of the most difficult areas of business as a shop owner, contractor, or manufacturer with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking minds in business development, marketing, entrepreneurship, and leadership. These are conversations designed to educate, inspire, and empower business owners and leaders to push through the barriers and thresholds they see before them. Join us for the ride at thepushthru.com. That's ThePushTHRU.com, where you can find in-depth articles and show notes from each episode. Get ready for The Push-Through and your host, Jeff Finney.
1: Welcome back to The Push-Through Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Finney. We're going to start today with Khalil, back on part two of a part three series. As you remember, on part one, we talked about how to market on a low budget, and we've kind of built the foundation Today we're going to build on that foundation and talk about how to create a growth plan. And then in part three, which is going to be exciting, is going to be talking about inbound marketing. So basically right now we're just continuing the foundational work for our marketing plan. So hope you enjoy it. Let's jump right in with Khalil. All right, Khalil, welcome back to the podcast. We're Glad to have you back here for part two of our part three series here. And, uh, so on the first series of how to market on a low budget, we kind of talked about creating that company story and, and talking about our products and services, really dig, digging deep into that and developing a kind of persona of our ideal buyer. Um, and, and we just kind of capped it all off with May saying that we're building a foundation for our marketing. So kind of building on top of that today, with how to create a growth plan, and and this is a big component of having a uh, a good marketing plan all all around. So, Khalil, welcome back to the podcast, and uh, just recap a little bit about what we what we touched on last week on those on those highlights.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Excited to be back here today, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed the last one as well. I hope your your listeners enjoyed it. Um, the business identity questionnaire is really what we went through of building that foundation for your marketing, knowing who you are is what the company's story is about. Knowing what you do, uh, is what the product and service questions are about. And then knowing who you're talking to, um, and that, that's your persona questions. Uh, that really helps you to understand everything that you need for a good marketing plan and executing that plan. Um, uh, and without those things, you're really kind of just guessing on what's next.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. So before we jump into kind of how to create a plan or whatever a growth plan, maybe quickly define what what is a growth plan and then we we'll, then we'll jump into some of the topics.
0: A growth plan is a it's a intentional effort to plan your growth. Um, I know that's literally just rephrasing growth plan, but I think a lot of times when people jump into marketing, they just, they try to, they see what someone else is doing, they try to replicate it. Or they think, oh, well, that's advertising. So I should just go ahead and buy an ad on Facebook or online somewhere, or maybe print out flyers or make signs. And really, the idea of the growth plan is to intent, intentionally plot out the steps that you need to take in order to re- achieve the growth that you desire. Right. Um, that's what that's what we're doing with the growth plan today.
1: So even if we implement some parts and pieces from other campaigns that we've seen, that's fine, but we're actually making an intentional uh, roadmap of how our marketing is going to help our growth go in the direction we want it to go, in other words.
0: Right, exactly. Um, There's the the quote that, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you'll end up somewhere else. Right. Uh, And That's what we want to try to avoid.
1: Right. So, So talking about the growth plan, what's kind of the starting point of just, you know, beginning with a growth plan?
0: So the way that I really like to start this out, um, building off of that foundation and understanding that we did in the last episode, um, and just understanding who you are and the product and services that you offer, you need to determine what the priorities are for your business as a whole, not just with marketing, but with everything about your business, um, and they don't even have to be related to marketing. Maybe you want to only be doing a certain type of work uh, or offering a certain type of project. Uh, maybe you want to be bringing in a certain amount of money every month or for the year. Uh, maybe you want to be meeting certain company objectives like growing your culture. Maybe you want to you know, be spending less time in your business and delegating more. Determine really what your top priorities are so that the rest of the growth Plan can fall underneath that and achieve those priorities for you. Um, A lot of times we don't think of marketing in terms of uh, this can help my company as a whole. We really just think of, okay, if I do marketing, it's going to increase my sales. And that's what people are trying to achieve. But the reality is, if we start doing the wrong things in marketing, it can affect the priorities that we have for our business as a whole. Um, Just like if I were to say, you know, if Jeff, you were trying to have, uh, you know, hire less employees and just, and also just make things streamlined and, um, to spend less time working on your shop floor, but you did a marketing, uh, campaign and you actually had a hundred thousand new customers to where it was just over the top nuts. Right. None of the priorities that you had would be accomplished. Yeah. You might be having a lot more money come in, but are you really set up to be taking in that money at a at a good pace, or uh, handling the pricing well, having the employees well, is the work going to be done well? So, really, with the priorities, it's as it's your priorities for a business as a whole, and uh, then we can build our marketing uh, growth plan around that.
1: So, when you're when you're going through this step with a, a business owner or leader, are you are you trying to tell them how many like how many? Priorities do you tell them to focus on? I mean, is it just name all your priorities or are you just trying to get them to focus on a, a select few? Well,
0: that's a great question. And I, I think the growth plan is something you have to revisit constantly. You have to revisit, you know, I do it every quarter. So every three months, revisiting with the client, hey, how, how are we doing on the growth plan? Is it changed? So, yes, I think initially it's great to list out all of the priorities and concerns that are on your mind, but in the long run, just boil it down to three if possible, but at most five. Uh, And I know that you've talked about this on your show, but you can really only do one thing at a time effectively. So the, the more you can boil it down to, or the less you can boil it down to, the better.
1: Yeah. So if you have, say, a list of four or five top priorities for you, whether that's, you know, to work on my business, not in it, and to get off the shop floor or to have a, you know, double my growth in the next two years, whatever it is, but then you can take kind of the top one of those and really focus on that at first. So you can, you could still kind of facilitate the one thing thinking, you know, but you can have these top prior priorities that are kind of all on the board at the same time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's actually a, a story, uh, a true story about a, the longest lasting CEO in Silicon Valley and So he's been there for a couple of decades, I believe, and the reason why he's so successful is because he writes down everything that he has to do the next day before he leaves the office, but then before he leaves the office, he crosses everything off except for one thing, and he only does that. And so it's kind of that same approach. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things you have to do, but there's probably just one thing that's going to have the most...
1: uh, The most impact, right. Yeah, Exactly. So, so now we've, we've kind of got our priorities figured out. Um, what, what would be the next logical step or, or action for us to take?
0: Yeah. So, uh, you've got to look at what you're working with. Um, and so what I like for people to do, you know, because we've built this foundation, we know what we really like about our products, what we like about our company and who we're trying to reach, which is super helpful. But now we need to outline our team roles and responsibilities. You know, If you're solo, then you don't need to do that step. But if you've got people with you, uh, you're going to have to start thinking about that because in your growth plan uh, with a team, there's a lot of different actions that need to be taken. And so if you can outline what those team roles and responsibilities are before going into it, who's going to take care of answering the phones, who's going to take care of following up with people, who's going to take. Care of making sure projects are finished. Whatever y- your responsibilities are, um, if you can outline those from the beginning, that's super helpful. And uh, once you've done that, the next thing is to to think about okay, what are our goals? What are we we have our priorities? But inside of that, what are our goals for this year? Um, and I, I really like to focus on the sales goals for that. So um, that with the sales goals, you want to think about it in in the long term of the year and you want to say okay we want to double our our uh, our sales or we want to maybe get three new clients uh this year or maybe we want to get 20 new clients this year whatever that is however your business is structured think about those things in one year and then let's break it down by quarter so if we were trying to get 12 new clients this year well that's one a month so let's just say three for this next quarter That breaks it down into the three months and that will help you to to actually take strides progressively rather than saying, wow, we've got to grow by 12 new clients this year. No, you just got to focus on these next three months and you're going to learn in those three months. You're going to have failures. You're going to have mistakes. You're going to have, you know, leaps that happen in those three months and you're going to learn so much from it that the next three months will get better and you'll improve each quarter to hopefully then reach your goal by breaking it down into those bite-sized chunks right um so yeah. where do
1: you where do you set on the spectrum just a what's your opinion i guess i've heard it both ways do you set uh reasonably achievable goals or do you set far-fetched goals or do you somewhere in the middle what what do you how do you uh, approach goal setting
0: yeah that's that's a really great question um i really think it's based on personality um I think with a lot of clients, if I tell them a certain goal, they, they may throw up a little bit and never want to talk to me again because they just it puts too much stress on them to think about it. Yeah. reaching it. So it really depends on your personality. For me, I like to just think so high, like, you know, reach for the stars. If you fall, you'll land on the cloud type mentality mm-hmm. of let's set it big, let's go for it. And even if we don't reach that goal because we were trying so hard and, and getting... Uh, so into it, we're going to, you know, be in a good place at the end of it. Um, so, but at the same time, you do want them to be achievable because if you're not achieving anything, then there's no motivation. Uh, we shouldn't only be motivated by, you know, failing and learning from our mistakes. We should be motivated to, uh, because there's something to look forward to achieving, uh, that we want to do. So, yeah, it's kind of in between, um, and, Think about that when you're considering this with your team. If you've got a sales team with you or you know a couple of people that are also alongside you doing this, um, maybe consider that as well as, as the business owner, because if you're setting those goals too low, people may slack off. Uh, they think, oh, well, we can do that. It's that's that's only three clients, and that's only one new client a month. Like, oh, man, we can do that. Right. Um, so de- determine, determine how you want to approach motivating your team and set goals based on that, on the personalities of the, the team that you have.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I uh, I always struggle on goal setting because every year I try to do the, you know, sit down and, and really look back at what goals I set for that year, see how close I came to them, and then I try to set farther ones. So usually for me on the bigger goals, like the year-long goal, I try to set that maybe higher than I'm probably going to achieve. But then on my intermediate goals – I like to try to set those, you know, try to get an easy win on something, you know, whether it's, you know, this year for me, one of my small goals was uh, Mm -hmm. in the first three months of the year to have 50 two-second improvements, and we're actually going to hit that here in the next couple of days, which is exciting, and and everybody on the shop floor is very excited about that, too, you know, because we're like at 46 or 47, so, you know, in the next day or two, we'll have 50, and, you know, everybody's... Everybody's pretty excited about it because I already see that effect, and I, I think that a sales goal is the same way. You've almost got to break it down into: if you want to double your sales, then do something achievable in that first three months, just to get you. Even if it's not on the trajectory of doubling your sales, at least make it achievable so you can you can start that ramp up in the right direction. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You've got to motivate. Uh, have steps to motivate people, even yourself. Uh, exactly. I know that seems kind of corny but we can get down on ourselves a lot and it's important that we don't set the bar too high in the in the in the short term because in the if you're not seeing results in the short term you're not going to want to go for the long run right yeah right. so and talking a little bit more about the sales goals I think we've been kind of broad and I as far as sales goals uh, are set you know the way that I would break it down is okay, what's the, what's the amount of revenue that we want to reach? Um, really put a number on that. Mm-hmm. And then from there, look at your average product or service. And if you have several products or service, look at like your, you know, what makes up 80 or 90% of your sales, maybe it's only two or three products and look at the average size of those. And then from there, how many of those Uh, product sales or service sales does it take to reach that revenue mark that you set Um, then that allows you to say okay if we're trying to you know get $100,000 in revenue uh, this next quarter well we have our average product or service being $10,000 each so we need to hit 10 sales to reach our revenue so it makes it very practical right Um, that way you don't actually have to focus by focusing on the revenue at the front you actually don't have to focus on it day by day you can focus on just the product or service yeah Um, and
1: so at at this point of the of the sales goal you know kind of kind of backtracking here just a little bit um, you know backtracking to the the whole first the part one of this series where we was talking about the persona and things like that is you know, when you're setting sales goals with a customer or a client of yours, I mean, are you always kind of in the back of your mind focusing on that persona or do you, uh, I guess really what I'm getting at is, you know, you're producing content and things for your persona, but you know, when you're establishing your sales goals, do you have your kind of persona in mind? Like I want to sell to this person this much product. I mean, does it come into play at that, you know, on the, on the growth plan?
0: Right. So the whole idea of knowing who we're selling to is realizing what we need to be selling to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know all, we've done all this foundation work and now we're creating our goals. Well, if we want to, if we're selling product A a lot, but we, it takes up so much time, we actually don't have a great margin on it and we really enjoy product B. That's why we made our persona someone who wants product B well then we need to be selling in our goals we need to be putting product B on there and focusing on that for our sales goals rather than focusing so much on product A right Um, you have to be thinking constantly about what you're able to provide and who you're trying to provide it to as you're writing out these goals and your priorities as a whole uh, but as you create this growth plan, be, don't forget about that stuff. I mean, you spent a whole bunch of time creating this foundation of your marketing plan. Always refer back to it and understand it front and back. Who your customers are and what you want to be offering to them. Yeah, uh, because
1: that's that's probably one of the biggest uh, reasons of going through this. You know, very thorough exercise is because there's every business has got a set of products or a set of services that. Honestly, just don't do money, don't make money, don't make margin, um, aren't good for the company, and you you ultimately may fail on it or you have higher customer dissatisfaction on it. Whatever it is, we've all got something that we're not good at, but we just seem like we feel like we have to do. And um, you know, part of that is kind of the journey of a business. You know, when you're a, a first a business, you're a yes man. You know, you're a or right. a yes lady or whatever. You you just say yes. The Comes to the door, yes, we can do that. And I think going through this exercise here of really defining our company, our products, and a growth plan is really nailing it down. Like, here's what we're good at. Here's what we're gonna focus on, and here's how we're gonna get it.
0: Absolutely. Um, you, you have to. If you like, like we said, if if you don't know where you're going, and you don't, you know, plot out every single point then you're going to end up somewhere else and you may not enjoy somewhere else. Right. Uh, so be diligent about planning and, uh, you know, be picky.
1: Yeah. So I, you know, we've, we've got our sales goals and our priorities in place. So here's what I, here's the part that I love and and that I really get into just kind of being a numbers guy. You know, how do we, how do we track our progress? Because a lot of times with, you know, Advertising per se, like if you put a radio ad out or a uh, I don't know TV ad, whatever it is, there's it's really hard to physically track that prog- progress. So give us some pointers or, or things that you look at for for kind of tracking how how we're doing with our with our growth plan.
0: Yeah, so we've set our goals and we we know that we want to sell X amount of product or service this month or this quarter, and really the the best way to look at this now is think about data. Think about what can we measure to get us to this number. So the way that I like to do this is it's kind of taking a step back, but look at your sales funnel. And for those of you that don't know what a sales funnel is, it's basically think of a funnel, the shape of a funnel. Maybe you're adding oil to your engine or whatever it is. It starts out very wide with an open mouth and then it Narrows down until it funnels into your engine. Um, so the your sales funnel is it follows that same uh, same outline of a funnel, and it'll start at the top. You'll have prospects, which you're going to have a lot of prospects. That's where the most um, of your that's where the top of your funnel is, and that's where the most you'll have the most of those. You're having more prospects than leads. Then below prospects, you have leads. And the next layer is a qualified lead. So a lead being someone that you know can buy, a qualified lead being someone that you've maybe talked to on the phone or email or in person, and you've qualified them that, okay, they definitely are a potential customer. And then an opportunity being that you've proposed, you know maybe you've given them a quote, maybe an estimate, uh, you've given them a deal, whatever that is. And then below that, you've got customers. So they've signed on with you. And then below that, you've got lost deals, uh, meaning that you gave them, they were a lead, but then you called them and then they actually weren't, well, they go to the very bottom to lost. So uh, for the sales funnel, if you look at that, you need to start looking where you are currently, okay? So how many prospects do we currently have? How many leads do we currently have? How many qualified leads? How many opportunities? How many customers? If you can start looking at those numbers right now, and hopefully you're already looking at these things. But if not, that's okay. Start measuring those things now, and start seeing what your result is. Okay, well, if we're having this many numbers in each layer of our f- sales funnel, what are what is the result? Okay, well, we're only selling you know two uh, products each month or two products each week. So that means if we wanted to sell four, we'd have to double. The amount of customers, which probably means double the amount of opportunities, which probably means double the amount of qualified leads, and all the way up to the top of the funnel. Oh. So, if you can do that, you're going to better understand what's getting you to the point of the customers that you want to have. So, set a goal for each layer of the funnel. Um, if you know, if you had 50 prospects each month, try to get to 100 prospects. Right? If you had you know, 25 leads out of those 50 prospects, maybe you can do a better job of prospecting so that you're actually getting leads and you're not wasting time. Uh, And then if it's qualified leads, maybe you can have a better process for qualifying people on the phone or in person. Um, Maybe you can have a better process for presenting deals or proposals or quotes. Uh, See how you can implement strategies to get a better conversion rate throughout the funnel.
1: Right, so this, you know, and there's apps and software out there that do this. You know, all sorts of CRMs do this. Um, you know, I know you and I. We were big on HubSpot. Um, it does this very well. But you can actually track um, track all these very easily in a just a CRM or you know your home brewed system, whatever. But if, basically, to get good data, you've got to have some. You know, you got to have data to look at, right? So. that's kind of what you're getting at with the uh with the whole sales funnel and figuring out where you're at now as a baseline and then how to improve on that
0: yeah absolutely and those are the those are just some of the activity metrics i mean those are some really baseline metrics that you can always look at okay how are we doing on prospects how are we doing on leads and just looking at your funnel looking at those numbers it's pretty simple but that may not be what matters for you you have to look at what your business is and what the numbers are that help that you know maybe rather than looking at um leads or qualified leads for for this quarter you're going to say hey the, the actually the quote the metric that we really need to focus on for this quarter is follow-up calls how can how can how can we get more follow-ups right or maybe it's you know we we don't do any marketing we need more referrals and that's how we do all of our marketing. We just get word of mouth from everybody because we do such a good job. Well, do you ask for referrals? If you don't, and, you, and you've been getting referrals without asking, what would happen if you did ask for them? Right. Right. What would happen if you created a referral program where you know you rewarded someone with a discount if or a gift card or whatever it is if they do give you a referral? Um, and then... Maybe you're in a different mode. You see, wow, our, for our industry, reviews are the, are the best thing, yeah. right? Those, those help out. This business has 800 reviews on their Google uh, review page. We need to be growing our reviews because people look at those. Well, then set a goal of how are we going to get more reviews? Well, we've got to call people that have been our clients. and We've got we've to make sure they're sending, uh, filling out reviews for us. Well, then you've got to go to your roles and your team and say, okay, who's going to reach out to people and send the email? Who's going to follow up with them? Who's going to send them a thank you note for the review? Who's going to manage the reviews? Um, all those things are, are different that you can look at. But I guess what I, what I would suggest is looking at that sales funnel. Those are some base metrics that everyone should be monitoring. Right. But once you've got those base metrics, what's going to drive those numbers? And start tracking that. If follow-up calls are going to drive that, go for it. If social media posts are going to drive that, go for it. Reviews, et cetera, just make sure you're always looking at the metrics that matter for you, not just for everybody. Right,
1: and that makes sense. I mean, we've got to have, you know, that uh, – before going down this process myself, I never really looked at the the actual sales funnel. But once you start breaking it down, it's it's actually really simple to – it's it's a great visual to kind of put with your process you know to just so you can kind of see the actual numbers of how many prospects it takes to actually get a customer or how many lost opportunities do you have for every prospect or whatever you can start putting those kind of ratios or win losses you know together and actually they start right. to make sense you know
0: yeah absolutely it's uh it's it's there's a reason why so many people use it it's a proven method and it's it's very visual and easy to follow right. with
1: so what's what's the next step after you've, you know, now that we've got our, you know, we've kind of got our metrics in place where we understand something about the data. What's, you know, I guess what's the overarching approach? What's the, what's next?
0: Yeah, so you've determined what your, your metrics are. You know what your goals are. Now you've just got to see, okay, what do we need to do to drive these metrics to meet our goals? Yes. So be very specific about what that is. And I gave some examples earlier, but maybe it's follow-up calls. Maybe it's asking for referrals or creating a referral program. Right. Maybe you're realizing, man, we don't have a website for our business and everyone in our industry does. Uh, we don't have social media accounts, whatever that may be. Maybe we need a, a new branding because we don't like our logo and it's it doesn't even compete with everybody else. We don't look professional. Figure out what it is that we... You can do, and then once you've lit, bet, once you've been specific about what you're going to do, start outlining how you're going to do it. What are the steps? Who's going to take care of it? Who's going to be held responsible?
1: Right. And
0: then start executing yeah. from there.
1: So, you know, this is all great. And how do you know um, how do you, how do you execute? How do you get going? Kind of easily. You know, how do you uh, how do you get rolling after? So say, say your website is, you know, you've got a great website, it's up to date and you've, you've updated your branding and, and all that stuff. And then where do we, I guess, where do we go from there?
0: Yeah. So for, for the people that have a website, that's great. I, I really encourage you to start, if you're not already start u- using it as a, a, a way to increase your funnel metrics so start driving people into your sales funnel from your website. That's how most people, most industries are, are working these days. It's called inbound marketing. That's the next thing we're talking about in the next episode um, of this series. But start looking at how you can get people that visit your website to either give you a call, give you an email or for you to find out who they are and give them a call or drop them an right. email and, and grow your funnel through your website. It, you can do it. It's a, it's a lot different than just a sales funnel that you're prospecting people in the phone book and then finding leads through that or, for, or through referrals or, or maybe reach, reaching out to people in the neighborhood. The, the way that you're doing it through the website is something that can be automated, uh, that can work without you and work while you sleep um and it can give you a lot of information that's out there these days that uh you just don't have access to without the internet. Right.
1: So just to just to kind of summarize we we've, we've covered a lot of ground here so i mean there's there's a lot of information here and you know so so just to bring it all the way back to part 1 where we was building our you know looking at our business identity and <clears throat> building that company story and persona now we've created our growth plan where um, we we know what type of work makes us tick. You know what we're good at, what we want to do. Uh, we've defined our sales goals. Uh, we're tracking our progress by looking at the metrics that matter. Um, so, you know, encourage everybody to establish that sales funnel. Like Khalil was talking with those baseline prospects, leads, qualified lead opportunity, lost, and customers. So, <clears throat> we've got our sales funnel, and then. Next time on part three, we're kind of going to talk about the inbound marketing, which is a super exciting topic. It's one that will get your head spinning, but you've kind of got to get these steps down uh, before we jump right into inbound marketing. Or I would imagine, ultimately, you're going to have a hard time getting an inbound marketing plan off the ground if you don't have this this uh, foundational work done first. Is that right?
0: Yeah. I mean, you can you can just get started with inbound marketing, but you're definitely going to, I mean, inbound is a, uh, it's a journey mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of effort, and a lot of work. And if you know this stuff ahead of time and you see the bigger picture, you know what you're working towards. But without that, it, it becomes very difficult to work hard at inbound, not knowing where you're going, right. uh, and what your potential exactly. is. So definitely super helpful. Um, and even if you're not going to jump into inbound, we all have we all have quick wins in our business. You know, maybe that's getting back to people that we haven't gotten back to that we you know stalled out on for a little bit. Maybe that's uh, you know putting that sign in our yard, or maybe that is asking for referrals. There's always some low hanging fruit that we can take out that we can take off our plate, and that will help us to to grow. And so I encourage everybody. You know, this is a lot of information. But ultimately, if you can just list out what those quick wins that you have, that low-hanging fruit, go ahead and reach for it and get it off your list so you can move on to the bigger things.
1: So you, you may have just stole the words right out of my mouth here. Um, I was getting ready to get you to tell me the one thing that would move get people moving in the right direction, but it kind of sounds like you just uh, just nailed it on the head.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't delay. Um, All of this is really important information. You should be building that foundation like we talked about in the last episode, and you should be creating a growth plan where you're outlining your priorities and what it's going to take to make those things happen. But at the end of the day, if you don't go after the quick wins that you have right in front of you right now, then you're not going to be able to successfully accomplish what you want to with the growth plan. So go after what you have right in front of you, the low-hanging fruit that you can see and start checking it off your list and keeping it off of the back burner so that you can move forward and grow your business by using the growth sure. plan.
1: So on the quick cuts, we well, normally ask you five questions, but since we got that out of you last time, I'm just going to make you do two this time. So you're getting off the hook easy <laughs> today. Um, oh. and in your experience, uh, what do you see as the greatest weakness that most companies have when it comes to their marketing or their marketing plan?
0: Yeah. So, um, several things come to mind. Um, I think for a lot of people, uh, sticking to old ways, um, being reluctant to try something new, um, ultimately if you're not innovating, then you're, you're losing, uh, you're only falling behind. And, um, a lot of them try doing it on their own. And I understand a lot of people don't have a budget, um, they, for marketing, but I just I recommend that even if it's a small investment, a couple hundred dollars, get someone that can help you to where you're not adding something to your plate, um, but you're getting someone to do a service for you that's really benefiting you. Figure out what what that is that's going to help you, and try to get someone else to do it that's really good at it. Um, and then don't I guess don't bite off more than you can chew. That's what a that's what a lot of people do is they they see something that another company is doing and they're wooed and awed by it. And they think, wow, we've got to be doing that too. But they don't put any of the necessary, they don't look at the roles and responsibilities essentially of what it takes to, you know, get off to, to, to chew what they just bit right. off. Um, Which I'll, I'll, and so, I'll,
1: uh, butt in a little bit there. That's, that's a little easier said than done, especially when you're talking to a business owner that's go, go, go. I mean, it's, it's their, uh, uh, mentality almost, to bite off more than they can chew so that's a tough one
0: (laughs) it is it is i mean if you're gonna bite off that much get help right yes that's what i would say because nothing is worse i mean if let's say you don't have a website you don't have a good logo or anything like that you don't have social media accounts you're not doing anything online and you see your competitor and you're and you say wow i want to do everything that they're doing let's go after it well, one, you don't really know where to start. But let's say you end up finding a way to start. You make your own website. You start making your own logo. And you think it looks okay, but you start asking people how they what they think about it. And they, it doesn't look that right. good. And you have just maybe even damaged uh, your reputation, your brand, more than you've helped it by, by getting into that, by biting off more than you could chew. Because you've started something but then you didn't get the feedback that you were looking for from it. And so you just stopped and you gave up on it. So now you've got to go backwards before you can go forwards. So just be careful.
1: I agree. So, uh, what's a, what's a resource that you kind of recommend that directly relates to this subject of, of creating growth plan. Yeah,
0: we, we've already mentioned it a couple of times, but HubSpot is a really great resource. Um, If you are into online courses, I know there's a lot of things out there these days, like even just YouTube videos can be an online course. Um, But if you have ever done like a webinar or uh, watched YouTube video like TED Talks, I really encourage you to check out uh, HubSpot.com. They have an academy, which if you go to their website, you should be able to find it pretty easily. It's all over the place and it's free and they've got awesome courses in... Marketing, and sales, and you can even get certified in in some of their stuff um, if you're interested in that. But there is just a wealth of knowledge that they offer, and um, it's a great introduction to inbound as well, which we're going to be talking about next. But highly encourage anyone out there who is interested in learning more to visit them, learn from them. Um, they're a, a leader, and um, there's there's no one better to lead from or to learn from. Yeah,
1: than I agree. Them. What's a, uh, remind us again how we can connect with you, Khalil.
0: Yeah. Um, Khalil Benaliul ulhaj long name, but you can go to my website, Benali, B-E-N-A-L-I marketing.com. Um, feel free to connect me through there. My email's on there. Um, and would love to follow up with you about any of this. If you need help, yeah, reach out. Okay. All that's chat. in
1: the show notes and, um, Khalil, thanks again for joining us on the, on this part two of the, of the three part series. And we're, I'm really looking forward to the, the inbound one. Um, glad we got to lay this, this kind of groundwork, foundational work for what we're getting ready to get into for next week's talk. So until then, uh, thanks, Khalil. Appreciate it. Yeah. Right. Thank you.
2: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Push Through Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and visit thepushthru.com. That's thepushthru.com for exclusive content, articles, and more.